Net-A-Porte presents The Incredible Women Podcast, Series 2, Changemakers. I'm Alice Casely Hayford, and I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by supermodel, mother, activist, and podcaster Ashley Graham for this episode of our Changemakers podcast. First discovered age 12 in a shopping mall, Ashley's career trajectory over the past 20 years has been nothing short of remarkable, thanks to huge shifts she has helped bring about in perceptions around beauty and, of course, her involvement in the body positivity movement. It was in February 2016 that Ashley was selected as a Sports Illustrated swimsuit rookie, landing one of three covers for the magazine and thus making her the first size 14 model to ever be featured on the front of Sports Illustrated. Subsequently, Ashley Graham has covered the biggest titles in the world, from international editions of Vogue to the Wall Street Journal magazine and everything in between. She's received numerous Women of the Year awards, as well as securing a spot on the coveted Forbes 30 Under 30 list. As a role model and body activist, Ashley speaks passionately about body image, self-acceptance and female empowerment. She's given her own TED Talk and in 2017 released a book entitled A New Model, What Confidence, Beauty and Power Really Look Like. She also launched a web series called Fearless, encouraging guests to take chances to live life on their own terms and hosts an incredibly successful podcast of her own called Pretty Big Deal. Well, hi, Ashley. It is so lovely to be speaking with you today. Welcome to the Changemakers podcast. How are you? I'm feeling good. How are you? I'm feeling great. I'm really, really happy to be talking with you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, of course. I'm so happy to be here, too. I've been a Porter fan for quite some time. I've spent lots of money there. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we love to hear. Delighted, delighted. Well, let's let's take it back to the very beginning to dive straight in and talk about the beginning of your incredible career. Mm. I know you were scouted age 12, but maybe let's jump to age 17 mm-hmm. when I believe you moved to New York. You've had an incredible career since then, but hopefully lots of things have changed, hopefully for <laughs> the better for the most part. How has the industry really changed since you first started out? It's incredible to see what has actually changed. And it's always, it it gets me excited when people ask, you know, what has changed and where are we going? Because if you're just getting into this industry, you could be very infuriated right away. But you have to know the history of where we've come from. And I really had to do a lot of research before I started, you know, really diving into the business side of modeling modeling and and curve modeling but you know there's been so much that's happened with the evolution of the quote unquote plus size model and we used to only be in catalogs and now we are turning into mainstream there's many curvy girls on the runway and magazines tv movie i mean it's amazing to see the change. But like I said prior, if you're just getting into this industry, you're realizing how much still needs to happen and change because I wouldn't say curve girls, plus size girls, curvilicious, whatever you want to label us is mainstream. And that's another part Mm. of the problem is the big label. Exactly. And I think that's a really interesting point. It's the language 
that we use, plus size and in inverted commas, curve model, even the term body positivity doesn't quite sit right with me anymore. Mm. And I think in order to fully achieve inclusivity and diversity in fashion, this language needs to progress. Are there any terms that you prefer to use or how would you like to see the language evolve now so it's more reflective of the real world? This is a question I get asked all the time, and I think that it's important because what people want to do is they want to give you a name and they want to categorize you, put you in a box because it makes everybody feel safe. And I'm not here to make you feel better about my hip size or Mm -hmm. my belly size. What I am here to do is to make other people feel confident with who they are. And I don't think that we need a label. I don't think we need a name. We're not calling the skinny girls the skinny girls. You know, Mm -hmm. there has been um, language around like straight size models, but I even I think that that's a bit divisive. So why is there a label around women just because of a number inside their pants when also we don't do it to men? We just don't. We don't label men based off of their size. That just just made me think as well, because it must be really interesting when you were working with a lot of your peers as catalogue models and doing certain jobs where you weren't necessarily getting the recognition by brands and then that switch flipped. And then mm. the doors opened. Oh, yes. What, <laughs> what was that switch in perception when you were deemed, it changed from a catalogue girl to a fashion girl? Were there any people that you were sort of like, I was here all along, you know, how dare <laughs> Alice, you? <laughs> Alice, it's laughable. It is quite laughable. I mean, the switch, and when I tell you it literally happened overnight and it was the ad in Sports Illustrated when I was announced as Swimsuits for All ambassador. And then that was that ad was in the pages of Sports Illustrated. I hadn't even shot for Sports Illustrated yet. And I think, and I know this is going to sound so gross, but I was the number one Googled person that day in America. And that is how everything started turning on its head Mm -hmm. for me. I mean, when I tell you that people that I never thought would even give me the time of day because they didn't give me the time of day. Yeah were calling the agency like, hey, we would love to book her. And it just, honestly, like I couldn't even get mad. It just made me so excited. I was like, that's right. And then I would show up on set and I would kill the game. Like I would, and they would be like, oh my God, we didn't know you could move like that. We didn't know you're such a hard worker. Wow, your body, da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And it's like, give us a chance. Like step outside of your comfort zone and Mm -hmm. give someone a chance that you never thought that you could. And it worked. Exactly. Well, I hope you sound incredibly gracious and wonderful about it, but I hope you are also allowed to tell a few people to jog on who hadn't given you the time of day. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I do love the block button. I think that's one of the best features of Instagram. (laughs) Gosh, you must be sick to death having to have these conversations even because, you know, your male counterparts certainly don't have to. They're not tasked with talking about their image or appearance or weight at all. Are you bored of it or do you mind having this conversation for the 10,000th time? You know what's so great? First of all, before I answer that question is models, um, this is the only industry where women get paid more than men. So I will say like, woohoo, but let's get it together, the rest of the world and all the other industries. Come on. And secondly, yeah, I am tired of talking about my body because who has to go on and on and constantly explain their cellulite, explain mm-hmm. their lower belly fat, explain the, quote, imperfections of themselves? But 
on the flip side, I'm happy to do it. And I'm ecstatic to con- constantly build up the confidence in the younger generation because I didn't have that. I'm sure mm-hmm. that like maybe you grew up in, in a world where you didn't have someone to look up to mm-hmm. in an industry that you were so excited about either. And it's like, you know, we have to keep having these conversations to make change where yeah. we want to see it. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Who, out of interest, because you are clearly a huge role model to so many thousands, millions of women around the world, who have been the biggest role models for you? You know, I have different types of role models. My mom has been a, and it just always sounds so, you know, generic to say your mom, but I think that that relationship has been so instrumental in who I am today. And now as a mom, it's even Mm -hmm. more so. She talks well, she's a positive person, she's optimistic. She also has always just instilled good character and qualities in me, um, whether it's, you know, just to be kind or to be a hard worker. And I'm so grateful for her. And and she's not just, you know, talking. She walks the walk. And that, to me, is a true role model. And even in her lowest moments, you know, after a divorce and her parents dying all within one year, I saw, like, the real mom. You know, when you're, you know, you're the child, but you see yeah. your parent as an actual person. And that's such a breakthrough moment as well. Wow. And that is how I knew. I'm like, this is a strong person. This mm. is not just my mom who's strong, but, like, you are the epitome of strength. And that's even when my love and admiration for her just skyrocketed. Amazing. And and you, of course, are now a mother yourself. Yes. Has has that changed your outlook on life, your outlook and your relationship with yourself, as well as obviously your child? Has that changed hugely? I think so. It's interesting because for me, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm such a selfish person. How am I going to have a child? Like, I have to change my whole life for them. And then they come and you're like, oh, I want to do it. Like, you do things because it's easy and you morph your life because of this beautiful creature that Mm -hmm. you've just created. That makes it easier to have your whole life literally flip upside down. (laughs) But my husband did tell me, he said you have like this softer side of you now that you've had Isaac. And I don't I don't know if I was like a hard person before necessarily, but he said your motherly instincts have really like come out in a bigger way. So I guess that has changed within me. But I, oh my gosh, I love being a mom and I love Isaac. He's so fun. And it must be nice over, I guess, a bonus of the past year that's been so tough for so many of us is getting to spend more time with him. I have to say, silver lining of the pandemic was eight months of maternity leave. And I am so jealous of everybody outside, almost everybody outside of America with the maternity leave because mm-hmm. it's like, in America, it's like six weeks to yeah. three months. And I'm, I am I kept looking at him at six weeks and then three months. And I was like, this is when women go back to work. This is outrageous. And I just kept counting my blessings. I got eight months with him that I didn't have to leave his side. And then when I did leave his side to go walk the Fendi show in Milan, I had this like guilt rise up in me. And I was like, I don't know. I can't leave him. What am I doing? And then I got to Milan and I was like, this is the vacation I never knew yeah. I needed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I think, of course, we can't talk about the past year and the pandemic without all of the monumental changes that have happened beyond the virus. Mm. And I think you're a mother raising a biracial child. Do you feel hopeful about the changes that you've seen um, with the progress that has hopefully been made in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement and beyond? 
I do. I think that it's an ongoing process, like many things. Some of it can feel performative. Some of it mm-hmm. can feel like there's just not enough being done. Mm-hmm. And it can feel very frustrating. But I feel hopeful and I feel that it's up to us to continue to fight for change. You know, we can't mm-hmm. stop here. Like, I keep going back to Opal Tamidi. She's one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter. And she's just this very special woman. All of them are, actually. And she said that being an ally is a verb. And it hit me because it's like you have to put whatever it is that you want to do into action. You can't just talk. You can't just read. You can't just watch a movie. What action are you going to do? And so that that really hit my core. And I think that a lot of people should should just be standing up and speaking up, you know, no matter what race you are. But yes, you're right. Being in an interracial relationship and raising now a black son, like everything changes. Your perspective changes. And I always tell people that are in interracial relationships, the white person has to do more of the due diligence than ever to educate themselves and not lean on their partner. It's a lot of stress. Yeah. Well, with that said, what what are the hopes and the changes that you, you really hope to see in 2021 and beyond? Oh, my gosh. So many things. I mean, this past year, we focused a lot on reflection in our society and ourselves. And I hope that we continue to, to fight for inclusion, equality in all facets of our culture and, and within the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have to keep going. We have to keep fighting. And, and I think that it's every voice is what's going to create the change, especially the ones with a platform. And going back to the fashion industry specifically, there's a lot of work to be done in terms of inclusivity yes. and diversity. Have you had a mantra or, or a motto or is there any advice that has helped you to persevere when you have perhaps been faced with discrimination or prejudice? What's kept you going? Well, for myself, I think that it's been an ongoing process of just trying to change people's minds that doesn't matter what size you are, you are beautiful. And beauty can come in so many different facets. And for me, it's been an internal affirmation conversation. And and I talk a lot about affirmations and your words having power in every aspect of my life. And now after having Isaac, my affirmations have changed quite a bit. But just regarding my body and my business and things like that. But there's so many people who have to change their mind when it comes to the fashion industry and what is beautiful. And I think that it's slowly changing, but there still is so much tokenism and only using girls one time in a show or, you know, things like this that are that yeah. are very frustrating to watch. So I say persevere and I tell myself, get up dust your, your, your knees off and keep it moving because, you know, wallowing in your own sorrow isn't going to help. I couldn't agree more. And do you feel a kind of a sense of obligation, particularly with your huge social media platforms, to share your mantras and mottos there? Or sometimes do you wish that you could retain a bit more privacy and a bit more of that personal aspect to your life? And I know even just a few days ago, you shared images of, I think it was postpartum hair loss, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I, I'm i pregnant and I'm, I'm already <gasps> seeing my hair starting to fall out. So Congratulations, Alice. <laughs> How many you. months are you? I, I'm six months. It's all such a new experience to me. Yeah. So anyone who's sharing their motherhood journey is just, I'm so, so grateful for it. And you obviously share so much of yourself, but do sometimes do you wish that you didn't have to, or is it something that you feel a sense of duty about? 
you know, it's it doesn't feel like a duty anymore. I really have created such a, what I feel for myself, a good balance of sharing and keeping things to myself, like Isaac's face. Like we yeah. haven't decided to share it yet. And it's really just been about having something for ourselves because I sometimes overshare, like sharing my whole body with the world. So there are things that Justin and I have put limits on that we've felt very confident in. And I think that, you know, that brings a sense of peace and control within my life. And I share what I want to share. And it feels very meta having you here on our podcast, because obviously you have your own incredibly successful (laughs) podcast too. What was your mission or your intention behind starting Pretty Big Deal? So first of all, I wanted to have my own talk show. When I was 17, I moved to New York. It was like, okay, I'm here to model, but also I am here to create a talk show. (laughs) And I was so young. I had no life experience. People were looking at me like, oh, you're so cute. Like I would (laughs) I would meet with like head execs of of like major uh, networks and they would be like, well, you know, yeah, one day, one day, Ashley. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. I created my own lingerie, swim, all these different mm-hmm. lines that I've done and I've, mm-hmm. I've built a business for myself. Why can't I go and also make my type of what I feel like is a TV show at this point in, in time? Because I don't really watch TV. I mean, I binge watch great series that comes out mm-hmm. on like Netflix or Hulu or whatever, but like I'm not watching daytime television and our generation isn't. So we're listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's my TV show. That's where I'm going with this. So I just did it. The first season, I did it with my manager and we hired a producer and the three of us, we just went in and we did it. And it was so much fun, so successful. And coming up with the name was really interesting because, you know, you want something that sticks and you want something that's a little bit poppy, but also you. And my husband had said to me, well, you always get called pretty for a big girl and you're my pretty big deal. You're not my pretty for a big girl. (laughs) He's like, why don't you call it that? And I was like, that's great. And I'll only just have pretty big deals on my show. And then it just all snowballed into what is today pretty big deal. Amazing. Well, what what a story. And we hope that one day we get to see your talk show too, because (laughs) um, we want to see you and hear you and it would be wonderful. If our listeners were to listen to just one episode, which one do you advise that they listen to? Or is there any guest that you've had who has been particularly impressive or exciting to talk to? Demi Lovato, because she really opened up about her eating disorders and Mm -hmm. her body struggles. And she Mm -hmm. gave me a, and you said this earlier, Alice, actually, you you were talking about how body positivity that doesn't sit right with you. And I have always kind of been the, in my head, I'm like, body positivity, that's right. We can all be so positive about our bodies. Mm -hmm. And she was like, Ashley, I can't do that. I can't lie to myself every morning Mm -hmm. because I don't think that my thighs are so beautiful. I don't Mm -hmm. like my round arms. She's like, Mm -hmm. but what I can do is have body acceptance. And I can say, body, you're strong today. Body, you are alive today. And that gave me chills. I mean, I got chills just now thinking about oh. it because I I realized that some people just need to hear that you can wake up and get out of bed, body, move. Mm-hmm. And so that was a big eye opener for me. And I think that that podcast was a really 
pivotal one for especially this younger generation. Going back to our conversation earlier about social media, and obviously, you know, you've released books, you've covered every magazine, you've got pretty big deal, you're absolutely smashing it. But how do you deal with the more negative aspect of your role in terms of how do you block out all of the trolling or the negativity that you see on social media? I mean, it's hard. You know, there's days where you shouldn't read the comments, but you do, or go into the DMs and and you do. And it's really crazy to realize how divided minds we all have, like yeah. with certain things. I'll just post one thing and I'll get so much hate. And it's like, oh my God, like calm down, people. Mm. But, you know, I have rested in the fact that my social media is my social media and I can say whatever I want. I don't care anymore, but that's easy for me to say because I've been picked apart and manipulated as far as my body goes, my whole life. Well, my whole 21 years of my modeling career. Mm. And I really feel for the younger generation. Like I feel for these, even women my age uh, that are on social media who are looking for a like and a follow and, you know, finding their purpose within that. I mean, it's, it's scary out there. So I try to keep it as real as possible on social and I don't overthink the likes and, and the follows. But I'm now a professional TikToker, so if you're not <laughs> following me on TikTok, you're missing out. <laughs> That's where I'm having fun. I'm not dancing. Do not. You will never see me dancing on TikTok. And TikTok, thankfully, has been a massive distraction for many of us in the past few months that have been really tough. Mm-hmm. But for those who are listening and have been struggling a bit or are looking for motivation or inspiration, do you have any advice on on how to get through this time? You know, it's it's really truly about going into your inner self. And mm. I think a lot of people have a hard time doing that. It's It can be daunting and a bit, it can be challenging to, to say, okay, to get through this hard time, I am going to have to sit still and talk to myself. And for me, prayer has been a very big deal in my life. It's been a game-changing, motivating aspect of who I am and to keep peace and calm and um, refuge in in my own mind and to not get anxious and overwhelmed. And that just brings me this calmness. And some people don't pray. Some people meditate. Mm. Some people do yoga. Some people will want to read a book that has nothing to do with whatever's going on in their life. And I think that just having that time for yourself and not being around technology is so important. Mm. And I can't stress it enough um, um, how important that has been in my life. Yeah. And I think the the past few months, past year, in fact, has afforded us all a lot more time to to take stock and see what's of importance and what we can maybe eliminate from our lives. And whether it's meditation or prayer or self-reflection, that time to yourself is just so, so valuable. Well, I guess we're on to our final question now, which is who are your change makers of tomorrow? You know, that's important. It's important to lift up the next generation. Okay, so we all know Amanda Gorman. 
she's absolutely amazing. And I've known her for the last four years. And we always have done events together and she's always, you know, opened up with beautiful poems. Mm. And um, I've actually had the chance to just like spend time with her. And she's such a beautiful person. And I think she's the epitome of how this next generation should look at their future with ambition and pride and joy Mm. and determination. She is also just as beautiful on the outside as she is on the inside. Mm. I, I truly love her. And within the fashion industry, I am so excited to see Paloma Elsesser and Precious Lee rise to the top because these are two women who are not just drop-dead gorgeous, but also have these change-maker ambitions Mm -hmm. for this next generation. And Paloma and I have worked together a ton, and she also came on Pretty Big Deal, and we had a lot of conversations about being a token and being put in a box. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what has it been like growing up as a, she says, fat girl? And Precious and I, I mean, Precious and I go back to catalog girls. And it's just been amazing to see Precious also rise to the top and walk Versace and have these amazing campaigns. So, I'm just so excited. I'm excited Mm. that these women are getting the recognition that they deserve. Ashley, thank you so, so much for being our guest today on Changemakers Podcast. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom, all of your lols, all of your brilliance. We've had such a lovely time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, Ashley. Bye. Changemakers was brought to you by Netaporte and Chalk and Blade. Hosted by Sarah Bailey and Alice Casely Hayford, and produced by Laura Hyde. The executive producer is Ruth Barnes. Original music and engineering by Alex Port Felix. Enter the code CHANGEMAKERS at the checkout for 10% off your first Net-A-Porte order. T's and C's and exclusions apply. Mm-hmm.